Welcome to Denim Wrapped Nightmares, Tipsy Exchange Podcast, where we explore the Supernatural series episode by episode. Over drinks, we'll discuss the lore, the gore, and what we adore about the Winchesters and their adventures. I'm Burley, and I'm a new fan of the series. I'm LA, and I'm here along for the ride. Now let's get tipsy. Hello, LA. Hello, Burley. Last week's episode was kind of weird. Yeah, I feel like it didn't really match with a lot of the other ones because it wasn't really supernatural. Yeah. They're just crazy people. It just was kind of out of place. It was just crazy people. I don't recall anything happening that really moved the story forward either. I mean, unless maybe that sheriff comes into play later on in the series. I doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it. Yeah. Well, let's, let's remind our listeners where we were last week. Since it's been, you know, we've all slept since then. Oh, yeah. Well, we were in Minnesota. Um, A little boy saw this dude being dragged under a car. The boys came and talked to him and said it was some weird howling, growling sound that came that happened when the guy was dragged under. They're at a bar doing the research. Sam gets trapped or taken, trapped. He gets taken and we see him and he's in a big old cage. Dean enlists the a deputy of the town to help him find Sam. They basically find out that these this family is like capturing people and then like feeding them and then releasing them to basically hunt them and what is assumed eat them. Yeah, it's not confirmed, but yeah. that's what we think it was. Yeah. I think they were making sausage and feeding it to their victims too. Yeah. Yeah. Gross. Nasty. Yeah. Well, this week we start off in Chicago. Yeah. And there is a young girl, really hip, very trendy. She had on like a sequin scarf. Do you remember oh, those yeah. scarves that were oh, really, yeah. it was like around Avril Lavigne time, I, I think. think. It was like a, a thick n- necklace choker. Yeah. Really scarf. We were wearing, we were wearing neckties and really skinny scarves that did nothing to keep you warm. Right. Just sort of, fashion. It was just fashion. So she has on that. And her low-rise jeans and her jackets, and she's got her headphones and her iPod, mm-hmm. and she's walking down the street being fabulous. And as she turns and goes down an alley, her iPod goes dead. And so she's, like, fucking with it, and it's like, what the hell? And then the wind picks up, and she's all of a sudden spooked and, like, oh, fuck, and kind of starts trying to run. And then we see this... It's very quick, but there's this shadow figure that kind of goes up the side of the building. It's big. It was really big. It was very much giving me vibes of Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh, yeah. You know, the big shadow that would move differently from mm-hmm. Gary Oldman on the wall. It was it was very big shadow figure up the wall. Well, she gets into her apartment, turns off her alarm, locks the door, bolts the door, resets the alarm, and it's just like, oh, okay, I'm fabulous again. I'm wonderful. <laughs> she goes into her kitchen, gets a beer. And is listening to her answering machine. Her voicemails on her answering machine. She's very popular. She Lots is. Lots of messages. Yeah. And as she's sitting there listening, a shadow figure comes creeping in to the apartment. And it we can see the shadow on the wall. And it attacks her shadow on the wall. And then we get our third blood splooge of the series as blood splatters all over the wall. And we don't quite know what's happened, but we know it ain't good. Yeah. A week passes and Sam and Dean show up. They're coming to Chicago. And guess what? 
we got another costume. Yeah. I didn't really think we'd get another one when I was saying I hoped we would, but we jumpers. did. Jumpers. They're jumpers. Well, no, jump- they're not jumpers. What are they? Well, yeah, they're jumpers. They're, they're pretending to be with the security. Yeah. Uh, system, the security system repairman or something like that. I thought so, they were going to be plumbers at first. <laughs> I did too. I was trying to figure out, I was really trying to read what the patches said. Like mm-hmm. you could see their name patches pretty clearly, but I was trying to see what the other one said. And yeah, I could have thought plumber with the utility belts that they had on and all of that. Yeah. This fabulous landlady yes. is working to help them. And she's explaining that the place was locked. The alarm was set. Basically, was like, your company fucking sucks. She got murdered anyways. And that the reason they found the body was because of the smell. Because everyone assumed nothing was wrong because there was no signs of entry, no signs mm-hmm. of anything. The, I liked her when she was she was talking about their alarm was about as useless as uh, tits on a man. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Which, speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> depending on the tits and depending on the man. Oh, my God. <laughs> They're talking with the landlady. She lets them know that Meredith's body was all over the place. Yeah. She said, if I didn't know better, I would have thought a wild animal got in here. After talking with them for a little bit, she leaves them to look around. And Sam is saying, I think this is our gig. There's something mysterious going on here. And Dean pulls out his little EMF thing. And Sam has the gadget that we saw Oh, yeah, the new one. Yeah, the new one. There weren't any green lasers coming out of it this time, though. They pick up EMF. So they're going, okay, is this a spirit? Because they were originally saying werewolf, and Sam said, no, it's not the right moon phase or something like that. So they're trying to figure out what it is, and they're leaning towards spirit. Dean is also talking about his friend with the police that he checked in with, and he was talking about how she had a tramp stamp and all this other kind of stuff. So we know what kind of friend this Mm. must be. And he said that the papers have left out the most important part, which is that her heart was missing. Yes. Next up, they decide to map out all the blood stains all over the floor because it seems to be making a pattern. Yeah. So they get out uh, some masking tape. No gloves, Dean. <laughs> Gross. I mean, they're putting their hands. I mean, it is dried, weak, old blood, still. but still. It was kind of gross that they're just in this scene doing that yeah. why is the blood still there why has it not been cleaned yeah because i think it was like a rug like yeah throw the rug out what is happening here but anyway uh they like map it out with masking tape and they discover a symbol they don't recognize the symbol at all i thought it was about to be like the stussy s do you remember that thing oh my god that yeah all the, <laughs> everybody used to draw all yeah. the time seemed like it was going that direction but it fell short so it was not the stussy s but they don't recognize the symbol Later on, they're going to a bar, and it's the same place with Meredith worked. And they're kind of casing the joint, talking to people. This is actually the second murder in two months. Very similar. Same thing. Locked doors, heart missing, all this stuff. So they're talking to people, trying to find out more about what happened to Meredith. And they're kind of comparing notes about the two victims. And as far as they can tell... There's nothing in common. Yeah, no connection. Yeah. There's, they say something about how the only useful information they're getting so far is that Dean got the bartender's number. <laughs> While they're chatting, Sam looks over and he sees a familiar face. Oh, yeah. So Dean is talking and Sam literally just gets up yeah. and walks off. <laughs> She's like in a trance walking over there. Yeah, Dean is kind of like, what the fuck? <laughs> and Sam just walks right on by. 
and goes and talks to Meg, the cute blonde with the pixie haircut from the episode titled Scarecrow. Yeah. Who he had met uh, while he was hitchhiking. Yeah. And then they both ended up at the same bus station and bonded there, talking about their families and all that. And she had told him she was going to California. So it's kind of a surprise to find her in Chicago. Well, and she was the one that at the end of the episode, like, sliced a man's throat and used his blood to make a call. Right. So we, the audience, know don't trust Meg. She's not good. Shut up, Meg. I put, because she, like, starts dogging on Dean for how he treats Sam. And I was like, know your place, Meg. (laughs) Know your place. (laughs) Yeah, and Sam says, what are you doing here? I thought you were going to California. And I think she said something along the lines of, like, I went, I saw, I conquered, I met Chad Michael Murray. Yeah. You know, and now I'm here, basically. Mm-hmm. She doesn't really explain it very much. After berating Dean, as LA just said, basically saying, what the fuck are you doing? Dragging Sam around all over. Let him do what he wants. And Dean getting pissy and going to flirt with the bartender some more, get a drink or something. Uh, Sam goes ahead and gets her phone number. And Meg is DTF. For sure. Yeah. She is definitely saying, hit me up. She said, we should hook up. We should hook up. I'll show you a good time. Mm -hmm. Like DTF. When they leave, Sam is immediately going, something's fucked up. Something's not right. It's just weird. It's too big of a coincidence that I'm going to meet her again. And Mm -hmm. Dean is going, who is that bitch? (laughs) Who is she? What did you say about me to her? Why does she think I like, is that how you feel? Getting very defensive. I feel like Dean's, Dean? Dean? Dean mm-hmm. is uh, much more sensitive than he lets on. Oh, he's just a big little little teddy bear underneath it all, ain't mm-hmm. he? Mm-hmm. Sam said something along the lines of how something was just off and he couldn't put his finger on it. And Dean was like, mm, or do you want do you want to put your finger on it? So, <laughs> some sort of innuendo. Yeah. Because in the bar, Sam was kind of teasing with Dean that he thinks too much with little Dean and not enough with his brain. Mm-hmm. And so Dean was saying, maybe you need to stop thinking oh, so right. much with your brain and start thinking a little more with, eh, you know, <laughs> and Sam is not having it. He's like, no, something's, <laughs> something's fucked up. Something's weird. However, rather than asking brother Dean to do the stakeout and keep an eye out on somebody as it would normally go. Right. Sam normally does the research. Dean is the tail or whatever needs to be going on. No, no, no. Sam says, Dean, you, you go do the research. He's like, I got this one, bro. Yeah. You go find out if Meg Masters from, I think it was Ohio or something, I don't remember, is a real person. See what's going on here. What the fuck's happening? Check it out. And I'm going to keep an eye on her. And Dean's like, yeah, okay. you are. (laughs) And Sam took the Impala. Yeah, I was like almost like, wait a minute. When I saw him driving it by himself. Dean is researching everything. He finds out there is a Meg Masters in Ohio. He even found her high school picture. So they're saying, okay, Meg checks out. And Dean found the symbol, Mm -hmm. which we'll get into that in a little bit. Sam is scoping out watching Meg. She's undressing in front of the window and a pedestrian walking by calls him a pervert. (laughs) And then Meg leaves. So she leaves the bar, goes home, changes in front of a window, and then leaves again to go to this weird abandoned building in the middle of downtown Chicago 
I want to say it was like a bank or something. The elevator was yeah. kind of fancy, I felt like. Mm-hmm. The recap that I'm kind of referencing here and there calls it an abandoned factory, but it did not give factory vibes to me. Yeah, no. It was more like an office building or a bank or something like that. But it did have an elevator in the middle that had one of those cage doors that you have to pull shut. Yes. So Sam follows Meg into the building. There's a door that goes to stairs, but it's got a keypad on it, and he tries to open it, and it's locked. So then he goes to the elevator shaft and starts to scale up (laughs) the elevator shaft because it's all, like, it's a see-through shaft. It's just iron bars or something. He gets up to the floor where Meg is, and he must have some excellent lower body strength because he's just hanging out in this elevator shaft, standing on who knows what. Watching Meg doing what obviously appears to be some sort of ritual. She's got her little cauldron thing and she's talking to somebody again. And she doesn't say father this time. She says, yes, sir. Whenever they're telling her to leave them alone and not hurt them Mm -hmm. or what have you. After she leaves, Sam climbs out of the elevator shaft and goes and checks out the altar and I think you said that you thought you saw one of the hearts they or were something. Both there. Yeah, but so both the hearts are there and the same symbol that they found with the masking tape was on there as well. When Sam gets back and lets Dean know that symbol is there, Dean is explaining that you say the word. What is it? Uh what? Zoroastrian. Zor- 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 Zoroastrian symbol. And he lets Sam know that Meg checked out, but Sam's like, no, Meg did not check out. <laughs> She was doing some weird shit at the altar in this abandoned building. The other thing that Dean found out is that the two victims were both from Lawrence, Kansas, Mm -hmm. which we know that's where Sam and Dean are from. So there's a connection now, not only between the two victims, but a connection to Sam and Dean as well. Right. So Dean decides uh, it's all hands on deck. I'm calling daddy. Mm Mm-hmm. Of course, daddy doesn't answer the phone. Never does. Never. Never does. So Dean leaves a voicemail message, gives him the address of the abandoned warehouse building, whatever it was, where Sam found Meg and basically tells him, you know, we could use your help. Yeah. Then Sam comes over and they're doing all this stuff with their guns. They aren't cleaning them. They're just like taking them apart and putting them together and just a lot of phallic hand gesturing going on. And there's a lot of tension. I know. They're like, they're like are you nervous? No, no. You, are you nervous? No. No. Oh, no, not at all. And then Sam kind of starts to think, what if we get the demon that killed mom? What if this is it and we're done? And he kind of thinks, oh, I could go back to college. I could get my own life back. And Dean does not like this. No, no, no. He says, you, you'd go back to school? He's like offended. Uh, personally offended. And, and Sam's says, you know, what would you be doing? And Dean basically is like, hunt's never over. Yeah. There's still shit to hunt. There's still monsters out there. There's things other than this demon. So I'm going to keep doing, Dean going to keep doing what Dean going to do. It's really funny that last week I mentioned how, you know, the whole Wincest ship thing. Yeah. I'm not a shipper, but I've seen things in the show now that kind of make me go, okay, I mean, I understand how you decided to do that. Not my thing, but whatever. It's fictional characters. After House of the Dragon this year, who am I to judge? Right. 
But this episode, though, I wish you had never told me about it because now I can't unsee what I saw today in this episode. Their little argument was very, I mean, I can't say romantic, but just the tension. And it was like romantically tense. Yeah. Like that's what the tension was. It wasn't like, like it's a very odd. It was not even the conversation per se. It was the way they played it. Like the tension they were trying to build between Dean and Cassie back in Route 666. Yeah. That didn't happen. That tension happened in this scene between Dean and Sam. Yeah. For whatever reason. It did. It just did. Yeah. I just. The longing looks. The the Dean holding on to the dresser and then. (laughs) Slowly turning around to look at Sam. I mean, I just, I want us to be together. I And like I said, I feel like even if you hadn't told me that, I still would be like a little, what is going on What here? is happening? Yeah. This seems, I understand it's a fantasy, sci-fi, paranormal, scary drama. Like I get there's going to be dramatic scenes. Yeah. But yeah, the drama in this one Just like I said, I think that what they were going for between Cassie and Dean was what we saw demonstrated in this little, yeah, little scene. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, their little conversation ends with Sam basically telling Dean that if I decide to go, you have to let me go. Yeah. You don't own me. No. He just wants to keep his baby bro close. Look after him. Are we sure that's all he wants? Okay, yes. <laughs> Don't do it. They pack up all their shit. Dean has this cool, like, Hawkeye armband thing on his forearm. I don't know what that is. I don't think it ever came into play, but I felt the need to point it out that I saw this. I think maybe that's where he had that little knife. Oh, maybe. Like it was held on there or something? Maybe, maybe. They go to the factory together, and they scale up the elevator together. And Meg is in there doing her ceremony. And this time, they don't wait for her to leave. They go ahead and climb out onto the floor and go hide behind some boxes with their guns. Now, I imagine they had to have been making some noise. Right? That's what I was thinking. They're carrying all that shit. They've got their weapons. Those iron chains and iron gate and stuff. Like, surely they made some noise. No. That didn't come across on the screen. So I guess they were stealthily quiet somehow. But Meg still heard them. She basically is like, guns, really? Come on. <laughs> she tells them, you know, come on out. And so they do. And she's got the devas there. And they attack Sam. Fuck up his beautiful oh, face. Not you face. were so upset. <laughs> not the moneymaker, guys. Come on. Knocks them both unconscious. Like, they get knocked the fuck out very quickly. When they come to, we've got... Tied up Winchesters again. Yes, we do. I haven't been keeping count, but I know we've seen them tied up several times so far in our supernatural journey. And Meg is taunting them, also sitting on their laps and flirting with them. Again, Meg is DTF. It's very clear. And she definitely had a preference. She definitely was more into Sam. Oh, yeah. As she's flirting with Sam and trying to, like, really get get things going, licking necks and his long neck on display again and all that. While he's all bloody. Really, really trying to get into it. She hears a noise. And it turns out Dean has a little knife 
Like L.A. was saying earlier, maybe it was in his little forearm thing. Who knows? So she goes over to Dean. It's like, ah, you're trying to distract me. And then goes crawling back over to Sam and gets on his lap again and is trying to go for it with Sam again. And Sam is basically, you know, he wasn't distracting or I wasn't distracting you because he had a knife. He Mm. was distracting you because I have one, too. Or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Some sort of exchange happens like that. So Sam managed to get himself cut free during this whole back and forth. Who's she going to try and fuck banter? And then he headbutts Meg. Yeah. And I would just like to say thank you for reacting to a headbutt how a person would react having given a headbutt. Like it would hurt the person who headbutted too. Yeah. And most of the time people will headbutt and just act like everything's cool. It would hurt you too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I mean, come on. They get up. And during all of this whole thing, during all the conversations and all the talking and everything, Meg has revealed that this was a trap, but it wasn't a trap for Sam and Dean. Right. And they realized it was a trap for Daddy. Big Daddy Winchester. When Sam gets away, he goes over and he knocks over the black altar, just fucks some shit up. And the Davas go crazy and attack Meg drag her over and throw her out the window. Yeah. So it appears that Meg is dead. Whenever Sam and Dean get back to their hotel room, who's in the window? Daddy. Daddy. Daddy Winchester's there. He looks so good. Yeah, he does. He's so happy to see them, too. John Winchester is telling them that he got to the abandoned building just in time to see Meg come flying out the window. And he assumed that was the bad guy and the boys would be heading back to their hotel room anyway. So that's why he was there. Yeah. And they're having this sweet little reunion and talking and he's explaining how, you know, he's getting closer to the demon every day and that he's not just going to exercise the demon. He's not just going to send it back to hell. He's going to fucking kill it. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't know how he's going to do that yet, but he knows he's going to do it. And he thinks the demon knows that he's going to figure out how to do it too. And that that's why he's trying to get him trying to trap him or do whatever it is that he's trying to do. And while they're talking, all of a sudden they get fucked up and it turns out the Davis are in there yes. and they are really going for all of them. daddy. Well, more so for daddy. Well, yeah, they threw him in the little yeah. kitchen nook. They're really trying to get at daddy, scraping daddy up, fucking daddy up. And if Sam and Dean were trying to get over to come and help him, that's when they'd get knocked back and knocked mm-hmm. away, like away from the dad. And then we see outside, Meg's alive. Yep. She's still kicking and she's fucking around with some amulet necklace thing around her neck. So it wasn't the altar that she was using to control them after all. It was all just for show, just to catch them when they were completely off guard and vulnerable and having this emotional moment. Like she planned all that shit. Yeah. That bitch. Mm-hmm. Sam finds a flare or something. I don't yeah. know exactly what it was. He starts yelling at everybody, close your eyes. These are shadow monsters. I'm going to you know, light them up. Light them up. And so he lights up the room. It was bright as fuck. Yeah. And there was smoke. So they have to escape the hotel room. So they get outside. They're coughing. They're recuperating. They are all kinds of beat up. Sam and Dean both have scratches all over their beautiful little faces. It's just not fun for the Winchesters. And then to make things even worse, Dean tells John, you can't come with us. Yeah. Because Meg basically told us we're your weakness. Mm -hmm. And if we're together, you're going to be vulnerable and they're after you. And then Sam is not happy. No. He says, fuck that. 
We should stick together. And John looks at Sam and says, you have to let me go, which kind of mirrors back to what happened in the weird sexual tension scene yeah. where Sam was telling Dean, you have to let me go. Mm-hmm. So that clicked with Sam and he realized he was right. And he had to let him go. So John Winchester leaves. He goes and gets in his truck and the brothers watch him drive away. Then they get in the Impala and they drive away as well. And as they are all leaving, we see Meg watching them as they go. So we've not seen the last of Meg. Nope. And that was the episode Shadow. Beautiful. Yeah. I liked this one. Yeah, it was good. Well, and I, I mean, I always like it when the dad shows up. Yeah. We re- we always like it when all of the Winchesters are making yes. an appearance. Yes, they're all just so good looking. They're all so pretty. Oh, so good. I like Meg, too. I do, too, yeah. I, I like her. Even though she's bad. She's bad, and she's slutty, and I <laughs> like her. I like her a lot. So I'm I'm happy that Meg's going to be making an appearance again. Yeah. No cringy, clinchy, wincing any gore of that sort today. I mean, no. the scratches and stuff weren't weren't pretty to look at. But yeah. they were still attractive, though, even with their faces cut up and everything. <laughs> I'd still take it. I'd clean them up, though. Oh, well, yeah, clean them up. Ugh. Get some butterfly stitches I on mean, them or something. Those she are was, open wounds. Meg was just, like, ready to get like be kissing on that bloody she neck. She did not care. Like, no. God, what's wrong with these people? She did not care. Well, I think she basically said she's a demon or something. They said something about go to hell or whatever, and she said something about how That's right. she's already been there or something. So yeah. I, think she, I think she's a demon or something. Okay. And that the person she's been talking to that's been telling her no and all that, that that's the demon John Winchester is hunting. Mm-hmm. So I think that's her demon daddy. So I think she must be a demon too. Okay. They haven't come out and said that, but that's what I assumed. Yeah. It seems like it. Yeah. But yeah, I really liked this one. Very good. As far as the lore goes, I know you had a heavy lift this week. Well, I, I mean, I'm not, it's going to be probably pretty short and sweet. Like there's just so much to it because it's super, the Davas are super old. They're basically um, a Zoroastrian supernatural entity disagreeable characteristics what's zoroastrian so the Zo- like you knew what that was as soon as the episode said the word yeah. i've never heard that before what it's, is it it's like one of the oldest religions it's um it's like one of the it's the world's old one of the okay <laughs> one of the world's oldest organized faiths and it's based on the teachings of uh the or- iranian speaking prophet Zo- zoroaster Zor- zoroaster okay I mean, that's, I don't want to go, I could go on and talk a lot about Zoroastrianism, but anyway, basically the devas are, oh, I already said that. Are they shadow, shadow monsters or whatever? It doesn't really say anything about what they look like. Oh, well she, hang on. She did say in the show that they aren't the shadow monsters, that they are invisible Mm. and the shadows are just their shadows. Oh, okay. So I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I, I read a bunch of stuff, but it didn't really say anything about what they look like. Just what they represent, basically. In this show, they made me think of ghosts and the little shadow demons that come and take Oh yeah, take people to hell whenever mm-hmm. they die in that Patrick Swayze movie. Definitely, yeah, I can see that. Those scared me so much when I was a kid. <laughs> One of the oldest Zoroastrian canons um, says that the devas are gods that are to be rejected. 
Mm. And this means like it's subject interpretation, but it's also evident in the old Persian Deva inscription of the 5th century BCE. It's old. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) In the younger Avesta, the Devas are divinities that promote chaos and disorder. And then in later traditions and folklores, they're kind of referenced as Jews, which is, Zora- this is from the Zoroastrian Middle Persia, New Persia, Divs. There's a lot going on. Yeah. They are the personifications of every imaginable evil. So I'm wondering, I'm guessing maybe that's what's going on on the show. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, over time, the Deva myth, they call it a myth, but it, but, you know, it was part of their that religion, but this is well, as time gone. Yeah. yeah, people call demons and angels myths. Yeah, you know, so yeah. over time, the Deva myth as Div, like from the Persian one I was talking about, um, it actually became integrated integrated into Islam, the Islam religion. So, in contrast to like Indian religions, Hinduism, Buddhism, where the Devas there belong to the category of divine beings or gods. The Zoroastrianism religion, Devas, belongs, obviously, as we said, to the category of evil beings or evil spirits. Okay. So that's so basically what they are. Specifically in Zoroastrian. Right. They're bad, evil, embodiment of pure evil yeah. spirits, but we don't know what they look like, and so the show just decided to make them invisible. Yeah. Okay. Now, I mean, there may be others. There, I did find this thesis on them, a whole thesis somebody had written, and I mean, I... We'd have to have like a whole podcast over that because <laughs> it goes, I mean, it goes all over the place. But anyway, there's also equivalents um, of them in Iranian languages what, like Pashto, Balochi, Kurdish, and then in Persian. And they're all apply to ogres, monsters, and other villainous creatures. I feel like it's just like maybe like one of the original ideas of an evil being. Like the first demon. Yeah. Okay. It actually ended up in England. It finally came to England, and the word appears in the 18th century fantasy novel of William Thomas Beckford as Dive, or maybe Divay. It's spelled Dive, though. And they speculate that the concept of the Devas as a malevolent force may have been from the ins- may have been inspired from the Scythian god. And that's uh, a mythology that's also related to, like, ancient Iran- Iranian peoples. Okay. So that's pretty much – that's the very, very short version I could find and without going, like, deep diving into all of it because there's a lot. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, okay. it's, it's – they're, like, demons, but yeah. specific to this religion. Right. And then some of it over time, but it's all basically – they're not good. they could possibly fuck you up yeah yeah they're not nice nope so to close it out i have a quote from dean winchester yeah he said next time you want to get laid find a girl that's not so buckets of crazy huh (laughs) cheers (laughs) he also called her a bitch he did she was messing with his man oh my god (laughs) i can't i can't Thank you for listening to Denim Wrapped Nightmares. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram, leave a review, and let us know how we can get involved in the fandom. This was fun. Jerk. It always is, bitch. <laughs>